Can you guys hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you, man. Yeah, and you can go to work for, was it T-Mobile or Sprint? Can you hear me now? Can you oh, hear yeah. Me now? <laughs> yeah. I can be that guy. Farge, I can't find my headphones. Oh, they're, they're freaking Pittsburgh colors. Sprint is Pittsburgh colors. Can't ever work there. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's wrong with Pittsburgh colors? I mean, I think that I think that you saw at least the backside of them last week. Oh shit! <laughs> oh, shit. I walked just, into that one. <laughs> it's just it's just, right just, oh. just a little bit of a fucking slaughter. <laughs> yeah, I felt bit. bad. I felt bad. Yeah. They did handle our third stringers pretty well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you have a first string. Come on, let's be serious. Right? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, is this where you tell us to stop groveling? I got you there. Look at that. <laughs> Please, this. Forgive me that. Yeah, it's like those miserable <laughs> songs. They're so depressing. <laughs> no, dude. I tried to start running again today. Uh, I wanna, I oh, wanna nice. Iron Man again next year. Nice. Don't stop running and then try to start at my age. It sucks. Or just <laughs> to begin with. Yeah. It's like, I only made it 13 miles. Like, ugh. No. Yeah, that's the beauty of being a sprinter. I, like, I could still do the sprinting, but as far as getting a mile, that's terrible. That'll take a while. <laughs> right there with you, Travis. My philosophy is I need to be just fast enough for just long enough. Yep, right. exactly. Yep. So get a little start going. But... Just faster than the fattest guy you're with. Right? <laughs> right. Just, just a little bit. Thank you for tuning in once again to the latest installment of the Construction Dorkcast. In this episode, we revisit the theme, I dork, or I am a dork. An earlier post has caused some confusion, and we hope that this episode brings some clarity. To help with this, we bring in Doug Smith of DSI and Travis O.T. Althaus from Revisto to talk about their perspectives as individuals at very different places in their careers on the movement, construction, and technology. Also, tune in at the end where I have moved a few of the outtakes, including our first official plea for sponsorship. This was a wide-ranging conversation that didn't end when the recording was off, so please remember to join in live next time. All right, well, we are live for episode 12 of the Construction Dorks. I am dork and that's all i'm gonna say until we get to travis voss trent why don't you introduce yourself today tell us what you're drinking where you're coming from and uh i love that picture behind you yeah got the old irobot going on me and jonathan so uh still coming to you from indianapolis indiana and today i am drinking from a little brewery just down the street you can tell they got their own little paper labels they put on the cans but this is a hop supremacy is a double dry hopped East Coast IPA from a little place called Deviate. And I love that joint. You go in there and they're playing like Tool. And it's it's one of those, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know the joint, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling it right now. I was, I was in Grand Junction just like that this weekend, like called Haystack, I think it was. And same thing, just blasting good tunes and yeah, I dig good it. drinks. Yeah. All right. Well, Jonathan Marsh, I'm going to go robot to robot here. Okay. So um, I'm drinking a local too. Uh, hmm. Altered States. 
Um, this is this is her B-side bourbon. Altered State's local brewery, and usually local breweries don't get it right for like so much. Like they're okay. This place is awesome. Um, and I'm, I'm drinking a sour because it makes a grid whiskey sour, but they make an awesome bourbon. They make an awesome gin and vodka and everything else. And if you were in PA during the initial lockdown, we did not have liquor stores, but what we did have is we did had altered States brewing. So like everybody and their brother had a hundred percent altered States in their house. And um, they're, they're really good brewery, really cool guys. If you go there to pick up anything, you're going to be there for 30 minutes talking to them about what they just made. They're like, oh, we made this gin. You got to try this gin. No, wait, you got to try this. You got to try that. By the time I left, I had, I had had 12 shots worth of samples. <laughs> but, but great place. And, and Travis, you, you, you need to go get some altered states too, man. I'll check it out. That would be OT Travis for the listeners at home. And we'll get to OT Travis uh, in a minute here. But Travis Voss, we'll round it out. What you got today? I'm still here in Northern Illinois. Uh, I am, you know, we, we, we aren't officially sponsored yet, but we're pushing hard for a Flaviar <laughs> sponsorship. Um, so I bought this. Uh, this is Rabbit Hole Whiskey um, from Louisville, Kentucky. This is their Derringer. It's a bourbon whiskey finish and sherry casks. So um, it's got a little bit of a, like a berry to it, a berry flavor to it. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. So I'm pretty happy that one. I, I have to thank my, my co-host here, uh, Jeff Sample for that, for jumping on my invitation. Um, I get a, a free bottle of whiskey out of that. So I can't, can't, can't go wrong there. Well, if you didn't catch that, that's Flaviar and uh, we're not sponsored. However, we're not against it <laughs> just in case you were listening at home. Um, well, OG Travis, we might go from Travis to Travis. We have the OG Travis and now we have the OT Travis. So Travis, I'll tell us, well, I just introduced you, but go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us where you're coming from, what you're drinking. Yeah. So, um, I'm other Travis, um, I'll allow it. I, I like it. Um, got to distingu distinguish them. Um, but I'm coming from Erie, PA also. Um, nice little little spot here in Pennsylvania up on the lake. Um, and because of that, I'm drinking one of America's, I think, the America's oldest brewery, period, yeah. out of PA also. That's good. It is America's oldest continually operating brewery because during prohibition they brewed root beer out the front and beer straight out the back interesting there you go and awesome. if you want any more facts on yingling i can tell you all you want to know i can fact guarantee bomb. you that fact bomb. big fun fact the second oldest brewery is 30 minutes north of me in monroe wisconsin nice they, they do um, um mid-house is the, the current name but they've been brewing continuously too so Awesome. We do a lot of um, contract brewing. So they'll brew stuff for like, um, um, I just lost it, Guam. And since Guam can't take shipments, you can get Guam beer really cheap in Monroe, Wisconsin. Yes. <laughs> oh. Well, and, and if you didn't notice, Travis, they just signed a deal with uh, Coors to start producing yingling across the country in new batches and new places so up here in colorado we are really looking forward to some fresh oh. yingling nice because i have to i have to bootleg it in every once in a while right it gets old when you do that you take it for granted when you get it like normally you know just like cores you go out there cores is different out of the tap out in out in colorado you take it, it for granted 
Well, we had the OG Travis, the OT Travis, and now we have just the straight up OG Doug Smith joining us. Doug, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us where All you're right. coming from and Doug, what you might be drinking today. Well, I'm a little bit boring because I just got out of a three hour coordination meeting. So I am drinking ice water from a Rudy's barbecue cup. And everybody <laughs> knows in Texas, we love our barbecue. And they're a, somewhat of a chain, but they're also quite good. Um, you know, Austin, Texas, the weather's changing. It's beautiful right now. It's a fantastic time of year. So I'm ready to get out and drink some beer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you're coming for those that don't know you? A lot I know that are tuning in right now. I'm getting texts from DJ Phipps right now. So tell oh, everybody DJ. where you're working from and who you work for and kind of a little bit about you. Well, I work for Dynamic Systems. I've been here since 1988. And that's the day we started business. I was standing in line when we signed our first employment checks and started, started the company. Uh, started out uh, as an apprentice in the field, digging ditches. And one day I was complaining that, why can't somebody draw this stuff and make it fit? And the guy says, you think you can do better? And I said, anybody could do better. And he handed me the pencil and he said, you're the detailer. And so that was the beginning of my detailing career and went from there to CAD, went from CAD into 3D, 3D into a side company, started a 3D design company, went and sold that, came back to DSI. And about two years ago, my boss came and said, you need to slow down. What do you want to do that makes you excited? And I said, technology. And we created our own technology group and, and I kicked it off and here we are. That is awesome. That's like a the hero story in the industry right now. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. I, I know there's a lot of people, and I've talked to a lot of people about, you know, it probably wasn't well thought through that you would actually know how to draw constructible things. <laughs> but, but I, because you came from digging ditches and doing those things, you were able to draw constructible things, which is a big topic right now. Well, we're seeing a lot of the construction companies are starting to lean towards technology, the, the whole technologist profile in the company. And, and we didn't have one. We were just status quo. The guys don't like change. That's, that's one of our biggest issues is they get used to something. They want to stick with it. You know, they say, why are we upgrading from uh, Windows 95? It works great. I know how to do everything. It's like, we have to. They're finally cutting it off. We got to upgrade and they just don't like change. So when we're trying to bring new processes in and things like that, we try to bring robotic layout and we do this and that and everything and it scares the heck out of them. And once we get them involved in it, they really start to pick it up and they see how effective it is in the field and they just start to love it. And one of the, one of the things we brought up earlier was, was the young versus old condition out there where we think the old guys aren't gonna get it, the, the scare tactic is, these guys are all going to quit because you can't force them to draw with this new 3D tool. And as soon as they get in there and they find out it's cool and it's fun, it's exciting, it's new, they all pick it up and they take off. And we haven't had a single negative issue yet. It's just been fantastic. Mm -hmm. That is the that is why we brought you on, Doug. That <laughs> monologue in and of itself, man. We don't we didn't even have to get into the show. That was that was perfect. And so that was for we're. DJ. Yeah, that's from DJ. Hey, DJ, that was for you, buddy. You know, an original dork over there. So, um, but before we dive all the way in and take all the questions, because they're starting to come in already, I wanted Travis Voss to kind of explain, because this all came out of uh, a post that Travis made that I think confused a few people. Um, 
but that was kind of the intent, right, Travis? So I'll let you kind of take it from there. Yeah, the, the post was meant to, um, you know, provoke a little bit of thought and to get people to to maybe be a little introspective. You know, I think that because we we jumped on the construction dork's name that came from DJ, you know, we keep throwing it back to DJ there. And then uh, we had our initial episode and we kind of talked about who the original people were. And in, in, I think there's a little confusion out there again about, you know, who are the dorks? Who are, who is who who are the the people in this movement? And, and yes, we we took the the moniker and we created a podcast about it, and we have a website. Um, but the the whole purpose of the post was to point out the fact that that we are not the construction dorks. Like it does not end with the four of us, or or even end with the 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 guests that we have on the podcast. Like but what the whole post was supposed to be about was you know you know to to borrow another cliche, you know, let your freak flag fly, right? Get out there, declare yourself as, as, you know, if you're a construction technologist, if you are, if you're an apprentice or a journeyman that, that just loves to get involved with the technology, like promote that. Like um, we, we have a lot of people that, that are the Dougs of the world that have been doing it for a long time or the, or the Travis's of the world that are just kind of starting off that, that should be promoted, that we need to know about as a, as a community to, to network and prop each other up because it, it's going to take a massive lift from an entire community you know, a whole village of us trying to do this to actually shove the industry forward. Um, and that, and that was the, the whole impetus, impetus of the, of the original post was, um, you know, get out there, figure out a way to kind of declare your own dorkness, um, on some sort of social media, Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, and then, um, share that back with us so that we can then in turn promote you and, and hopefully we can kind of tie this network together even more. I mean, that's really well said, Travis. And, and. When we redid the post this time around, I came in behind and and kind of added a few things to it. Oh, by the way, I never even said I'm drinking Wyoming whiskey. Thanks to Flaviar today. <laughs> I am drinking today. I went for a run before this, so um, I am not faking. I am having one with everybody today, especially this group. I, uh, given where this whole thing came from, right? If you if you remember the origin story, this all came from the watering holes after our favorite conferences, or in the hallways, or. Um, in the uh in coffee shops in the morning kind of thing and and we wanted to be free in those places we all got to drop what i like to call our colors you know it's it's the way that you know wherever you work if you work for a, a construction company if you work for a gc if you work for a trade if you work for a software company there's a lot of things you can't do in a lot of places and for me that's what the construction dorks offers right it offers an opportunity for us to all take off the colors because there's this idea that when i say that too that I'm against that. And I'm not like, I think as companies grow, competition is part of the thing. And, and, you know, inviting competition in your backyard is pretty hard to do. Some people can do it. Some people can't do it, but it doesn't, it's not ever going to be at the scale that we want it to be. And I think Travis Voss and I were having an offline conversation about this. It would be great that if this movement could get far enough, there was a big enough gathering where we could all drop the colors at the door. There is nobody who's paying us for any of it. And it's truly just about all of our minds coming together. And we don't all agree. I mean, we love to sit in the background and argue with each other. If you're in those watering holes, you might think we're going to fight each other sometimes. And it's, you know, then you start listening. And you're like, is he talking about modeling right now? And is he talking about unity right now? And they're like, going to go to blows. 
but that's the passion that we have and and that passion deserves a place as a crowdsourced movement so while we've taken this moniker to do this thing none of us here you know the four of us that run the dork cast feel as though we own this we feel as though every time we load an episode to the show talk on the show that we're representing this crowdsourced movement and to me that's really important because it is the only way we're going to truly have an impact um that's that's doesn't no one can throw a stone at because it didn't come from any angle there was no ulterior motive to it except maybe free liquor uh, did i say flavier, yeah, um, flavier, flavier. <laughs> if i get that in like 10 times i'm supposedly i'm gonna get no uh, but no that that was what i wanted and uh, and we did we wanted to talk about it because doug you kind of have really blazed the trail with what you've done and been successful basically off of a, a time before technology although i think the pencil at the time who knows maybe that was considered the next in tech right and then it was right. you know it, it was a plan table and then it was 2d plans uh, and then it was pdfs and you know who knows so um but travis althaus being new in the industry and hearing kind of us talk about that how do you feel about, you know, becoming a dork and what does it mean to you? You know, you've crossed the line over too. I mean, you've gone from industry to technology. So talk about that path and how you feel about I am dork. Yeah. Um, so the interesting thing about me and kind of my past with getting into construction technology in general. Um, so I, I actually have a degree in construction management. So I learned kind of that side of it I was told I should be PMing and stuff but I had a passion for design and I actually started in Revit so um, when I started in Revit for a construction company it was like overkill for what we needed but I realized all these parameters all these parts and pieces if I could get it right you know I could do the estimating I could do the the modeling obviously the, I was doing renderings and stuff um, so it's kind of an interesting thing to hear like Doug has seeing people like that john actually hired me at one point um and i might have froze up there for a second you're good oh, you're good oh you're good but uh john there did, did i freeze up for a second yeah just a second but you're good go for it <laughs> yeah john actually found me um and got a a person that you know started in revit and i think what i started finding really rapidly um is that even with all this fancy stuff, even with all this technology, I needed those guys who have installed it before to guide me. I needed them to say, you know, the, the three weld thing, we were talking about three out of a thousand welds being wrong where they had to cut it. I mean, you get, sometimes you get ripped to shreds over that. And when you're really passionate about what you do, you're hard on yourself. So um, the thing that I really like about the technology is that it's actually opening a door for newer people in the industry to step up gain that trade knowledge and, and kind of lead these jobs like BIM should, you know, BDC and BIM should always be seen as a helpful thing, not a detriment. So from my perspective, it's been really cool. I'm really glad that people are embracing it. I've kind of seen the, the hump, you know, I, I can't imagine it being completely frowned upon. I came in when BIM was starting to be embraced, um, but I've definitely had fun with it. <laughs> Um, I, I had a question along those lines for Doug, because he was saying, you know, it is bringing in a lot of younger people. And I think that we talk about like the young dorks, but one of the things that happened a couple times, and it's happened more since I've, I've gone out in consulting is I'm meeting some older people that 
or saying, I'm not perfect with the technology, but I'm passionate about it. And, and I know for almost for both of you, Doug and Travis, I mean, Doug, Travis, you travel around and see a lot of people. So you get a lot of exposure to it, but Doug, have you started to see some of the older people say, listen, I, I am getting a little bit more confident with this tech. I'd like to be, I mean, what, what's the deal? Do we have some or, old dorks out there that, that have been, have been putting up pipe for a long time and look at some of the tech and just go, screw it. This is too interesting. I'm, I'm coming in. Um, are, are you seeing that? Cause I feel like we need more older dorks that have the experience in, in the industry. I think what we're seeing is they're dorks and don't know it. Uh, they get in there, they're scared to death, they're, they're comfortable, they got a comfort zone with, with the AutoCADs or with the hand sketching or with their little isometrics and they're, they're extremely at home with that stuff. And you say, hey, we're going to go to 3D Revit. And they said, I'll never do it. There's no way I'll never learn that stuff. It's too complex. Next thing you know, they're saying, this thing is great. And, and they're loving it. And they're going into the collision detection. They're doing all that kind of stuff. And, and they get embedded in it and then they can't get away from it. So the guys that want to do it, they do it. The guys that just want to complain about it, most of them we pull them along anyway, but you know, we've lost very few as our transition from AutoCAD to Revit. I think that's the industry transition now anyway. Uh, we only lost one guy out of, out of 80. So, you know, and, and he just said, it's time to retire. He was, he was old and ready. So he, he went away and everybody else made the jump. So they, they have it in them. They just don't know it sometimes. I think that's a great point. I think that too often we throw <clears throat> we throw those older people kind of to the side and say that yeah, well, you know, <clears throat> we'll be okay, but except for except for Doug. Doug's too yeah. old. Doug Doug's setting his ways. That's a good point. My my first job out of college for a construction company, like I said, I was doing renderings and stuff, and they almost like pinned me as like a threat to them. You know, like this guy is gonna come in and the new technology is going to take over that job. So instead of them embracing or adapting, they thought like, you know, we got to shut him down or we got to shut this down. This Revit thing can't happen. We'll be out of job, which I think is an interesting perspective to take. I think everybody probably agrees that's wrong, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, but, you know, Travis, I, you know, I was traveling around as much as I have and, and talking to leadership. I think I've pinpointed that and and it didn't dawn on me until I was watching Chad Pearson this week. If you guys haven't seen Chad, the Plexus Patriot, you got to follow him on YouTube. He's wild. Um, but he talks about this whole thing around VUCA, which is basically putting people into their limbic system is when you scare them, right? So if we throw technology, if we let an OT Travis come in and just throw some things at the wall, it scares people because they don't understand. So when they, when they, see a threat they immediately go into their limbic brain and they can't start thinking but if leadership has the wherewithal to say listen we're bringing this this guy in and what we want to do is we want to help you be more effective so that you can impact the way we build better mm -hmm. all of a sudden you're hitting them in a spot where they're not threatened yeah. and you're also pulling a little cord at how many of those guys in the field would take a bullet for the, the the man or woman standing next to them, right? And and they'll literally like catch them if they're going to fall. That's that that's the trust they have in each other. And so if you play on that, it's really how we're playing on their brains. We're putting them into that position. And I think, you know, maybe Doug just didn't have that, you know, limbic jump. So he was just like, hey, pencil, sure, I got it. No worries. 
But well, but really, it's a bigger leap when you're talking about someone who is looking at paper in the way they've done it for a long time, and you put them into that different spot in their brain. And I think that goes to leadership and communication. Um, and Doug, I can imagine from your demeanor, that's probably why you guys aren't experiencing loss. That's probably how you go about technology is not about flashy toys. It's about helping your field labor do better, right? Helping the organization do better. Our goal is to actually, I mean, I, I, I use this analogy about Huckleberry Finn. We, we're over there painting the fence and we want to make them take that brush away because they think it's going to be fun. You know, they're going to take our job and want to do it themselves. That's, that's the kind of way we sell everything we, we do. We're, we're implementing a new field production software right now. And the first thing we hear is, you're going to take my job. If that does this, you're not going to need me anymore. And I said, that's wrong. It's totally wrong. You're going to go back to what you used to do before you got bogged down with all the paperwork and reports and estimates and all this stuff that's bogging you down and keeping you away from your real job. We're going to put you back in that role. And he's like, really? And I said, absolutely. And we're going to do it with technology. And it happens every time they roll in and they say, this is the best. And it works every time. You just got to sell it right. You don't force it on them. You, you bring them with you. I've been doing some some leadership training through a local community college, and that that's one of the things that's really resonated with me lately. Is um, they're, they're, they talk about different leadership models and stuff, and like, and one one aspect is to inspire the vision, right? I, I don't think that even me personally, I don't think I always do a great job of of inspiring the total vision of what we're trying to do. But once once you can, once you kind of can can sell them to use your your word, Doug, is sell them on the overall vision of what we're trying to do. The little bits and pieces that go into it and everybody's kind of, um, you know, task or job in that, that it becomes much easier for them to accept. Like, yeah, if I have to check this one box on the form, it doesn't really change my job too much, but the whole vision, the whole company kind of gets the additional information based on that. Mm -hmm. um, that. That's really key. And that's, that's something I, even I, like I said, on my own, I kind of fail to do that. I, I, I have a, I have an idea in my mind of how everything should flow together, but I don't really portray that idea very well. Right. Yeah. I think we all know that a little bit. Uh, I think that's the mad scientist thing. If I could steal one of John's, John's not mine. It's that's, <laughs> yeah, you, that, that's, 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 that's uh, a, that, that would, yeah. that'd be uh let me see. James, Sean, M. Sean McGuire's. Benham. No, that's James M. Oh, Benham. Benham? Well, actually, no, it's Sean McGuire gave it to Benham. Benham made the speech on it. So if we're <laughs> yeah. going to origin stories, that's where it comes from. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a lot of why it's important that people are at different places, you know, with technology and the trades types that like right now we're talking about, different levels in BIM. What about like the older guys in the field that are used to building a certain way, you know, that now all of a sudden have paperless models that they have to build off of, you know, how do you respond to that? Yeah. I, I remember that conversation at first when I, <laughs> when I was preaching to the guys like, Hey man, I'm, my goal is two, three years from now, you know, I'm going to be giving you as minimal amount of paper as possible. And like, you know, two and a half, three years ago, it was, there's no way, like you'll never, this is the fastest way, you'll never be able to do that. And I mean, now I see we're producing half the drawings we used to, we've got everybody out there utilizing models. We've got, I mean, it, it was impossible. And those same people are now, no, I mean, like 
when are you going to update my model? Like we're right. trying to do. Yeah. And, yeah. So I, I think my favorite transition is, is the guy who really dislikes it. And it's very similar to what Doug said when they finally get to use it. As soon as they use it and are confident, they're, they, are, they are the promoter. We had a couple of foremen that were very, very negative. And you know, they're negative the first job. And then the second job, we're like, well, we got a lot going on right now. We're not going to be able to get to their job. They're like, whoa, 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 wait. Wait, wait. <laughs> what do you mean you're not going to get to my job? Yeah. I, need, I need some of this. Yeah, you're and, not. Or and they then, see what the other guy's doing. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and I think it's great because after, if, if you're addressing their real problem, they're instant. They're right away. Okay, we know what we want. And I took a lot away from those conversations too. Like they would say, well, we just need this. And those were the things that were really helpful to them. You know, and, and those are the things we concentrated on. But like Doug said, it was like there there seems to be, and even what you said, Jeff, there seems to be an initial gut reaction that is, oh, hold on, hold on, I don't necessarily want to change things. And then and then as soon as they're used to it, it it can become the other way in a huge way. I I would say at times um, there are a lot of people out there that sort of get spoiled by the whole process. I know Trent, you were talking about that earlier. You know, we get to the point where we're doing so much that when we can't do everything, you yeah. know, it, it gets to be problematic. <laughs> right. But so I, when I got it works, it works, right? I mean, it, absolutely. It, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting if you strip down what technology is to construction, like the real nitty gritty of what it is, it's more of a direct access to information. You know, it's that's really all it is, whether it's, it's communication. It's, it's, yeah. One hundred percent. It always comes back to communication. Yep. It's the most efficient way to communicate design to installation. I mean, yep. is that a piece of paper? Right. No, it isn't. Yep. No. It used to be. Right. <laughs> when I told the guys we were going paperless, you should have seen how big their eyes got. It says we'll never do it. We're not doing that. I've seen. Now, <laughs> why are you giving me a piece of paper? Right. Yeah, it's fantastic. But that goes to John's point. It's once they get to use it, once you get them the 18-inch fancy iPad, you know, and, and let them try it and then realize that, hey, now that I have this smart digital piece of paper, I can talk right to that BIM guy and make sure that this is always perfect, you know. There's no turning back at that point. Right. Yeah, we – you got to tell us something. That's like that said. I want to catch something from the notes here because this is about, you know, we're this I am dork is all about the dorks that are joining us as well uh, on the side. And Joshua Ward brings up something really, really interesting. And I think, Doug, this you're doing this. I, I just don't think it's intentional be, or maybe it is intentional. I'm, I'm not going to actually assume this here, but he says the struggle with the cell is when you can't prove it. You fail on the prove. You're back to square one, numero uno, and no matter how well you think it will work, know your user, prove it to them and then sell it. And I think when I say I think you're doing it, I think that's because you're kind of the practitioner prover to yourself before you turn and sell to the company. Is that what you're doing in the process? Is that how you go about it? Because I think Joshua, you're right. If 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 um, I was to think something was possible, given that I can't model, I can't build, I, I'm not that guy, right? I'm your IT dork. I come from a different angle. I always have to go to a you or somebody else and say, okay, this is my thought, but will it work? Are you kind of going through that, um, I don't know what you call it, alpha phase yourself and then selling it? Is that how that's working? What we do is, is we go by the motto is you've only got one chance to make a first impression. So we 
vet everything out 100% before we ever take it to the field. And the reason is, if it fails, they'll never look at it again. They don't, they're not interested in helping fix the problem. They want a solution handed to them. And so we have to make sure that solution works. It's user-friendly. It's very well described and written out. We make videos of this is how you do this and this is how you do that. And it's, it's got to be very straightforward. And once it is, they'll, they'll run with it. And I think that's a great point. I mean, I think that, um, like, like Jeff said, I, I am not the guy from construction. So, but I, I can see something. I think something's a good idea. And, and I think you have to rely on your network. And, it, and, it, and when I say network, I don't just mean like the people on this call or the other dorks. Like you, you have a network inside of your own company. And, and most of those guys are more than happy to sit down with you and, and kind of let you pick their brain, kind of figure out what, it, what is a good idea. But for the most part, you know, you know we're, we're in an industry where or we're technologists where we're expected to fail. We're expected to fail fast. But those guys in the field, they, they, they can't fail, right? There's, there's right. no, there's no, yeah, I didn't do so well in that building today. You know, that, yeah. that's not, so when you bring something to them, like, yeah, they're, they're happy to test something out and give their thoughts. But if you're going to give them something that, that is, you know, what you're hoping to be operational ready, it, it better be yeah. wired tight. If it burns their man hours, they will never, yeah, <laughs> there's no way. Those are real world dollars out there. I mean, technology really stops when you start losing money. They will yeah, shut yeah. you down. Absolutely. So and that's where the rubber meets the road is out in the field. I mean, there's no yeah. way and then they won't. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, when you have a hiccup in your new process, I mean, we're sweating and we're staying up all night. It's like we got to get this running by tomorrow morning when they show up. It's got to, got to be running. Has to. You have no choice. Yeah. No and choice. I've had nights like that, <laughs> yep. many of them. Yep. Well, because I'm just one guy. That's just one revenue yep. stream. That's right. Well, I'll uh, I'll pose this question then to to both Doug and Travis because you you're coming at it from different levels of experience and, and whatnot. But you know, um, what do you do when when your idea sinks? You know, how do you how do you regain that kind of political capital? How do you re regain that momentum to keep people? Because let's face it, I mean, I mean. There's, well, Jeff, you, you do a little bit more lately, but there's 2,600 different solutions out there now, and not to mention 3,000. They went over three. So there's 3,000 different solutions, and that doesn't That's even the shit yeah. that we make up on our own, right? That doesn't include right. the crap that... It doesn't include Microsoft. It doesn't. It doesn't right. include all the other ancillary things that everybody yeah. uses, LucidChart, other things. Yeah. Or Mark these are Mark pure, like little. <laughs> pure when you check the box, what industry it says construction. <laughs> so, so we all think that we're really smart, right? Most of us. And that we have, the, we have the answer. So we, we, we get our, our little uh, crystal ball together and we, we, we protect it and we, we try to whatever. What do you do when, when you put that out there and it doesn't go well? I mean, because we, we just talked about proving it and selling mm -hmm. it and everything like that. And, and that, that's that's obviously very available, but but failure is part of this too, right? Well, the the first thing that I tended to do if I got pushback or something is evaluating it, like how I'm approaching it. If I if I'm selling it right, you know that's the low hanging fruit. But more importantly, if it's going to totally fail, if that's it, and I got to find a different route, I go back to the root of the problem. Like in my case, a big issue I was having was. You know, I didn't know what like a street elbow was. I came from an engineering firm. I started laying out spools. Everything was like three inches off because I was using street elbows and didn't know what it was. 
So the root of that problem was that like my, either my, my exposure to it was off or I needed a direct line to the field, you know, for them to show me, take a picture and say, here, here's the answer, you know? So if a solution that's going to promise to work, doesn't work, I typically go back to the problem. And then I like what you guys used about the, like the dorks, you crowdsource it, you know, you go to your network and say, Hey, this is what's happening. I keep messing these up. I don't know how to weld. What do you guys suggest? You know, try to get to the root of that problem. That's how I approach it myself. And I, I think our approach has been overly cautious. We, we go, go into it real slow. We take our time. We, we do our research. We talk to our peer partners in the industry. We try to make good decisions. Uh, typically, we don't get out there on the ragged edge doing things that are straight out of the box we have a few times but when we do that we we take our time to make sure that before we launch this thing that we're comfortable with it that it will succeed uh once again if, if it fails the first time you're done we we've had a few things document control systems that we've enacted that did not work 100 percent because we got in them early and we had to wait for them to grow into our process where it would fulfill all of our needs and and it after a while, it actually did. And we kept saying, just wait, just wait, it's coming. And sometimes you get tired of waiting, but we actually waited them out and we got our parts working and got the thing functioning. And, and now it's a, it's a working system. So we've had a lot, of, a lot of luck with that. We had very few failures to date. I've crossed my fingers here and knock on wood and everything else. But uh, so far, it's been, it's been pretty good. We haven't had very many failures. And I'll point to you again, Doug, you know, I, because I, and we, we won't use names here, but you have some, you've backed some different things out there. I've seen you back that you don't adopt on your own. You don't, right. you don't adopt internally three years later while you're still kind of promoting them because mm -hmm. you see the vision, right? But that, that is your, that is your guys' uh, approach there is you're not going to, you're not going to bring it to the shop or the field until you feel it's fully baked, even if you think it's a great idea. Oh, yeah. Well, guess what? You get fired. <laughs> and I'll, I'll be on the road looking for a job. Uh, we, we just we just want to perform. You know, we want to do the best for our company. And we're we're always focused on the bottom line. That's making money and our money's made in the field. So we always want to make sure that we supply the field with the best tool. And if that means waiting two years or three years, I, I've sat in multiple president's meetings where we had all the executives in the in the company in one room. And I say, hey, here's this new product that we've been working on for two years. And they said, why aren't, why aren't we using it yet? I said, it's not ready. It's just not ready. When it's ready, I'll tell you, and then we'll launch. And they didn't like hearing that. But you know what? Two years later, when it was ready and we did launch and it was successful, now everybody's happy. Yeah. So hey. Just don't let them push you around. I, I was going to piggyback Doug, I guess, when and I'll this is kind of coming from DJ, but what's your, what's the metric you use for, um, for that success out in the field? I mean, um, all numbers are, are the, it, it, is it all, is it all about dollars or do you have, do you have field? I mean, are the guys in the field weighing in on um, what, what it's doing to them day to day, or is it really just come down to, to man hours and dollar signs? Well, be real honest with you, when it boils down to man hours and dollar signs, the big guys hear about it. When it's just people's attitudes, it kind of stays on the lower end, stays down, the, down at the 100 foot level. 
but that's good because they all give feedback and they start telling the superintendents and their foremans, hey, this stuff is working. It's really easy to use. This stuff is it's very fluid and it fits our workflow very well. Uh, once they start getting into the groove of this thing, then it starts showing itself in numbers. And once the numbers start hitting the books, the, the uh, upper management sees that and says, what's going on? Why are we, why are we trending up here? Uh, the numbers are looking a lot better than they have been. We're saving money on this and that and the other thing. Uh, once that happens, people start asking questions and you can jump in and say, well, yeah. I think I got an idea why. So you think there's just a direct correlation no matter what? I mean, absolutely. You know, so if there isn't, why, why do we do it? I mean, bottom line is we're, we're out there making money. We have to perform. And if, if we put out a tool just to put out a tool, you didn't do your job. It needs to bring something to the company. How do you get the backing like in that two years that you're vetting something out? If you're like, are you just trying it in small samples on live projects? Like, is it all the personnel you trust a specific crew or something? Or we do a little of both. We do it all in in-house in our detailing group first. And we basically uh, just shadow a project and do it two different ways oh, and nice. work it, work it through. And then once it gets through, we'll pick a job, typically a small one. So we're not, we don't have that much exposure on it. And we'll pick that job and we'll we'll work with them and walk through them hand in hand and, and make sure they don't ever make a misstep. And if they've got an idea along the way, we'll change. And once they feel comfortable with it, we'll get a bigger job and then we'll start rolling it out and see if we get feedback from bigger gotcha. groups. Hmm, that's interesting. That's cool. so there's that's not a lot of companies yeah. out there that are willing to kind of eat the cost of running processes in parallel. Yeah, there are. Yeah. No. But you'll eat it big time if you roll it out unready, right? That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Do you know how many clients I had to teach that on estimating when we were trying to switch out estimating systems? It's like there's no two ways. Yeah. Whether the way you were doing <laughs> so. it or not is physically kind of like a, a process process broken versus actually physically because it's, it's not broken if you're you're estimating jobs and you're making money. But it's like that's one risk you can't take. Like you nope. have to take an extra estimator and you got to estimate the old way and the new way. And if they don't match up within sense, mm -hmm. th then you, you're, you got to go back and figure out why, because that is a, you know, if you were to switch over, you know, just and one job, bye-bye, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's, well, that's and, the whole thing. In contracting. <laughs> one job it, it does exactly it yeah. i mean Amen. you start over about every project it, it is because yeah. yeah. guess what no matter how bad it gets you still have to finish it it doesn't end there's no mercy thrown that switch for... like that and just that slam it and okay we're on it right now let's go that that is that scares me to death yeah yeah there's no 10 run rule right i mean no. like <laughs> You're going Gosh. down with the ship. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm curious, Doug. So something I see often is something where, like, we're talking about a big project. Like, you can laugh and say, as an individual, there are ways out of a project. You know, you can leave the company, then you get out of it. But as a company, you can't get out of it. So what if, like, a owner, GC, somebody big on the job is requiring you to use a tech that maybe you guys already know isn't going to work for you or something else? How do you make it happen? We've done that quite a bit, be it a, be it a management software or design software or whatever. You know, all the, every time the RFI processes are different on every job and you have to fold into their system. Uh, but when you have to change design softwares like, a, like Pro-E or a MicroStation or something like that, 
we actually do it. It's, it's hard, it's painful. Most of the stuff you can't just convert, you know, and, and do it in your old fashioned, comfortable mode and convert it. So yeah. we'll train three or four guys and we'll put them on that job to do it that way. We try to convince them away from that saying that's not the way it's most efficient for you. Right. Because when we, when we buy a job like that, we try to use our efficiency to help the client and save them money. And if we're having to do it outside of our comfort zone, we can't do that. So we try to convince them to use the standard methods. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, think that, I think that especially contractors, all of us on the, on this call right now are, are in that realm, like mm-hmm. tend to back to the doing it both ways, right? You're going to do it your own way. You're going to give the deliverable in the way, whatever the, the project right. requires, right? Unless you can't. Unless there's something, I mean, like, yeah, they're well, all. But you got to be ready for that, up right? Front, right? Yeah. In your esti- that's the thing too with tech that I think is funny. Like your estimator should honestly at least be aware of this stuff, know the differences between these different software solutions, especially Revit and CAD. I think a lot of people know now. The sales guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what? Right. Oh, Revit five D. We're doing it. No problem. We'll take care of it. Like, yeah. Hey. Yeah. 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 Well, my. What did you do? <laughs> what now we're, we're fortunate, and and I always learn from Doug when I talk to Doug because he's I'm in a similar role as him, but he's been doing this way longer than me, and he's doing it for a company way larger than mine, right? So I'd be an idiot not to listen to what he says. But yeah, that's how we treated it. North is, I mean, the estimators are talking to me on every project when we bid it. I mean, you know, somebody's got to look into those specs and. And make sure we're not going to get burned somewhere. I mean, that, that's a, Absolutely. that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's typically not the, the new designer you just hired, you know, that's, mm. <laughs> they're probably not the best. The <laughs> we, we have a review every, every estimate, somebody that speaks a language, somebody from the design group gets in there and, and looks through the BIM execution plan and make sure that all those things in there that we can't actually meet without having to do something new. We may have to buy software to perform on a job. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to know that going in and we, we put that cost into it, but right. uh, you right. know, it's not only software, but it's training and, and the, right. The time know, uptime. Yeah, it brings up a good point in the chat. I mean, we, when we talk about means and methods, I think most of us talk about how we're getting the pipe and the duct in the air. Right. But it's, sure. not, it's not just that it is the software. It is the technology platforms that we all have to exist on. And, mm-hmm these contracts right now are, are dictating means and methods that include that stuff that is maybe not the most efficient for the different partners in the job. Yeah. Like I drew it in Revit 2020. Oh. Well, the contract said you need it in 19. Yeah. Methods, my friend. What are you Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh. A lot of the times also the, the clients that are requesting specialized technology don't know what they're really requesting. Right. And, and really need help and sort of shepherded through the technologies they're asking for. We have clients asking uh, for 500 level drawings that really don't need the models, sorry, 500 level models don't need that. You have drawings being requested by people for specific review that could be easily reviewed in the model. And I think part of the part of the being a technologist in, in any of our roles is explaining it to them, you know, like what really has value to you as a owner and what are you gonna pay us for doing that's going to have no value for you down the road. And I think that's tough, but I have a question for you, Doug, because it, it's something that comes up a lot, um, especially with the larger companies. When I talk to them about their technology um, risk is to, larger companies seem to have enough budget 
to sort of say, we're going to take this much risk in technology. We're going to buy this technology. We're going to vet it for two years. We're going to, we, we're going to really understand the money and the risk that we're putting behind each piece of technology. Um, and then you have a lot of dorks right now that are in companies that are not going to have the manpower or finance to sort of vet products at that level and are often in the situation where they're going to get pushed into the stuff before they've had a chance to do that just from their, their, um, their, their, their sort of size. Have you, do you have any, any thoughts on what the smaller contractors can do that, that don't have the money or the departments to put behind that? I mean, I will tell you that I was a VDC head. And when I heard there was such a thing as a construction technologist, I was like, really, that's like a position. Like you could do that. Just that that's (laughs) something you could just do. Like, like I don't have to run VDC and PM and estimate and not all of those at once, just one thing, you know? So what's, what's your advice for the smaller companies? I, I know you've worked with them too. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you that, uh, that we as a company, we're, we're, I, I like to call us the good old boys, you know, we're, we're kind of old school and we don't, we don't really embrace technology as you would think some companies like move forward towards technology on purpose. We kind of end up there by accident sometimes uh, and the detailing group leads that charge. I mean, we're, we're out there on the front lines. We're seeing the things we go to the conferences and we understand what's coming up and what's in what's coming up in the industry. And we try to pull the company towards that. Uh, we don't have budget set aside. We don't go with an ROI and sell the boss. that says, I think in two years, we can make this much back. They being it, they're a good old boy. I trust your, your decisions. They, I go in there and I say, I want to try this out. It's going to cost 50 grand. And they said, I think it's a good idea. Let's go for it. They haven't ever said no, because we always go in with enthusiastic ideas that said, it's going to do this and this and this and this. And we probably oversell a little bit. Uh, You know, when we went to digital layout, they just, it blew their socks off when we told them how much it was going to cost. That first unit was $46,000. And they were saying, you're crazy. And I said, but we can make a hundred the first time we use it. Really? So we bought it, we used it, we made a hundred. It was like, wow. And now we own 37 of these units. It's like they go into every job. I don't know about the rest of the dorks there, but Doug, that you kind of sound like Johnny Cash. He wore black as well. That's all he had in his closet. We don't sell tech. We don't do tech, but, but we just do that. You know, I I sing this way because, well, that's the way I sing. No. (laughs) I think there's a little bit more to it in there. I just don't, I I just don't think you want to give yourself credit for that secret sauce. And I know a lot of people that look to you for learning how you went about that. I I I had to call it out in the chat. There's a proven, there's a proven track record, right? I mean, I was just going to say that Doug's earned some of that political capital, be able to say, Hey, listen, I'm pretty darn smart. Ah, Got this idea. Never said that. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I bet you, oh, I bet you, I, I bet you he has they're it. all saying that for you I think I'm more practical than smart I was in the field I know what's going on I know the work processes I know every step of our business because I've been here so long and I've done it for a long time so when I go in and I say we need to improve this piece they believe it okay. and and we focus on it and we we improve it well, yeah. I'll flip that over to OT then and say, you know, conversely, as the new person who has these good ideas, you know, you're in a different role now with software, but, you know, how do you, how do you 
do what Doug does? How, how do you try to sell those concepts with, without that, that background of experience? Um, the, the key to everything I've done since I got, since I left the engineering side and went into like the real world of building, you know, uh, the, every, the key to all of it is ask questions. I always preach, you don't know what you don't know. So if I ever have a tiny inkling of a question, John knows all about this 7 PM Friday, you know, we're stuck in the office. Hey, here's this crazy off the wall question, but now's the time to ask, you know, um, and that's usually the key. Just ask, find the problems, listen to what the problems are. Don't go, Oh, I have this idea. I know two people that have this problem. I have this great idea as a solution. I'm going to make everybody use it. And if they don't, they're going to feel, no, listen to everybody else. See, like, and there's a lot of technologies like Revit is one of those to me that has a lot of uses. Like if you're open to it as a construction company, you know, like in my first role, they had me rendering in Revit. That's it. I was the render in Revit guy. I don't even know any of those people. How's that a thing, you know? Um, but that's what I love about it is all these tools have all different uses. It's just a matter of hearing, like, what are you missing? What's the low hanging fruit? Yeah. And then start there, you know? That's the simplest thing. And that, that goes back to what I said earlier, that if you fail, you're just going right back to your little drawing board of questions, you know? Yeah. So. That's, I want to piggyback real quick on, on what OT just said. And that's, uh, you never know what, what you're going to do, but at the end of the day, and I think Doug and everybody will agree with me that, you know, the field is where the money is made and lost. Right. So yeah. whatever they need, if, if they say that, Hey, Travis, you need to learn how to produce this yeah. and they can prove that that's going to make them more efficient. Then I'm going to tell, you know, I'm going to tell my guys, okay, well, we're doing that. I mean, we're yep. going to, we're, we're going to make that because that's, what's going to make money. So, exactly. Really cool. The, the second key to that, if you're like taking ladder steps, you know, the second key is documenting it. That's where like failure is fine because as long as you're documenting it and you fail, you're probably going to look back and see like, Oh crap, there was the obvious point where we probably should have went a different way, you know? So you can reevaluate and maybe not totally like throw a process away, but learn how to implement it in a different way, maybe different teams or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah, the trick, right? If you're not Doug and you know everything, then you ask questions. I had a quick question for OT and it's really, it's really sort of a comment too, is you're, you're traveling to see all these companies and they're not just MEP companies. And, and all, all of us here are, are very MEP focused. What, is there any way that you can help those dorks find a home because because you had talked about you said and, and i'm going to call you on it you had said when i have a problem you know what i do is i hit my network and i say listen i don't know how to do this do you know how to do this and i tend to do right. that all the time like i'm all the time going i got everything else i could probably figure this one thing out but it's going to take me forever can i go and ask around in my network and one of the big problems is the second i step step out of mep I'm it's, it's, it's like a desert of, <laughs> right? of missing people. Yeah. So, so I don't know if, if in your travels, it I'll get you a shirt that says construction dorks, right. we'll get you some hats. We can have you get an additional <laughs> tattoo, but, but please yeah. go out there and tell them, you're, Hey, you're a dork. It's a wing mom. Yeah. You got a slot. <laughs> <laughs> 
we will have it done before next week. It's no problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's kind of funny because I'm spoiled and maybe this is my tiny little chance to put a plug in there, but I have a really good um, team of resources in my position now. You know, we have, we're, we're a software company um, and I work for Revisto. I'm, I didn't say that earlier, but um, we have different team members where that's what we do. We get to share ideas. We get to say, and we're the dorks of all dorks, you know, like, Oh my gosh, look at what this guy's doing over here. Look at what he's trying. Like, so um, it is beneficial to have a close knit network, but yeah, by all means, that's what the dorks overall in all levels, you know, engineer dorks, construction dorks, all of everybody needs to come together and know these problems. I would say Jonathan, if, if we had actually planned the episode at all, that would be kind of the thought to, you know, we're, we're about four minutes away from when we normally end. That would be the overall thought that we were trying to do with the initial post was let's get, let's put that flag up, get yeah. that dork flag up. Let's, yep. let's identify the dorks that are, maybe there's a dork in, in contracts in the legal oh, yeah. side. Yeah. Maybe there's a dork in yeah. the owner side. Maybe there's a dork in the engineer. How do we kind of, how do we build that community, build that network? You know, we're, we're in the Rona times where we're all, we're all digital anyway. Let's, let's, yeah. let's build that together so that, so that when Travis has a question about X, Y, Z, he can go to an engineer that, that he knows that yeah. he's found like, hey, yeah. what the hell is the street elbow anyway? You, know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to ask an engineer that. No, no, wait. I think it also goes back to what Doug said in dorks that don't know their dorks. You know, I mean, yeah. dork, dorks that don't know it. That's what he said. And he said it perfectly with the Johnny Cash thing. And <laughs> But, but I, I think that, that that's something that needs encouraged too, is to say, you know, we, we are starting to form a community. I don't know how many used to, do you use yeah. fabrication, Doug? Yeah. Did you use fabrication yes. parts? Do you know what extra yeah. cat is? Okay. So like if you used fabrication and you were in MEP, you knew what extra cat is. You probably yep. still go there every, every once in a while when you I get something every wrong. morning just to make yeah. sure I'm up to date. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, there was a form that that like I I swear I think I learned fifty percent of the yeah. things I do off there, and I copy pasting from ExtraCAD was like half my job. Yeah, someday. mine was CAD clips. The that guy had a really good Revit series on CAD clips. Oh yeah, CAD clips is cool. And then um, who's the guy for programming? Just just sorry, last door comment. Who's the Dynamo guy that oh. that that? Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, it's he's actually from the Colorado area, Colorado area, right? Um, really? Yes, he's from the Colorado area. He he oh, will he will too. flat out teach you how to program. Yeah. DJ said it. Bill, Bill Allen. Allen. Bill Allen. Yes, thank you, Yahtzee. Bill Allen. I, I think it's a funny point as you're like naming people and experts. A lot of the problem that the dork space is that those people aren't necessarily approachable, or you might be afraid to approach them. I think the important thing that you guys are doing is making it approachable like we're sitting here just drinking together chatting like you said it feels like we're at the bar you know hopefully everyone else is enjoying it but yeah i think that's the key you guys are making it comfortable for people to talk about this and admit that hey i don't know what a street elbow is that should be somewhat embarrassing i mean i know now but 
No, I think you're you're the culmination of, of who you know, right? Yep. I mean, that's what your knowledge comes from. Right. Like if I want to talk to somebody and you know, I've got Jonathan, Travis, all Jeff, all you guys. It's like, and you you yeah. all get 150 people, so choose wisely. That's all Dunbar's get, right? number, right? Dunbar's yeah. number, yes. Dunbar's yeah. number, man. You get 150, yeah. so choose wisely. Well, and I'll let you guys on a little secret. You know, I, I come from the software development side. We've been doing this for years on Stack, years on Stack Overflow, right? I mean, yeah. that's what ExtraCAD was was from the, the programming side. Like, every time I had a problem to solve when I was trying to figure out, you know, what's the best way for me to pull the data from SQL server and offer it up on an API. Guess what? I asked the question to stack overflow first. Why, why would I write my own code when I can copy and paste yeah. something on the internet, yeah. you know, and, and I think that, you know, in, in Travis, to your point, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the Bill Allen's, the, the Kevin Allen's, the Devin Young's, the, the Trents, the Dugs, I mean, we all we all kind of feel yeah. like that that these guys are the ones that are doing the presentations, and I think that you know Travis, maybe you're you're a little bit different, but those of us of a certain age, when you get used to seeing somebody on a stage, you think that they're oh they're, yeah they're a pedestal. Whoa. I cannot promote them. I, I cannot pro- approach them, but more like whoa with the uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's what we're trying to do with the movement is like you know. Doug's just a guy. He he drinks his Bud Light out of a out of a glass just like anybody else. And it's a cool glass. It's a very cool. <laughs> yeah. a large glass. Uh, yes, large. it's a very large glass. But Travis, you're absolutely right. Like you know, the Josh Bones of the world who are up there talking, and you're blown yeah. away. And then you sit down with them, and you know, even Rob McKinney in the beginning. I mean, I wouldn't be sitting here as a construction dork if I didn't walk up to Rob McKinney at a at the hotel bar outside of where he spoke, put a beer down and say, listen, man, I know I, you probably got a million people wanting to talk to you, but you're on to it. We should catch up yeah. and walk away. And like, it, and I'll tell you, and if I, if you ever admit this to McKinney, cause I don't think he listens right now. Uh, he's too busy. Um, I was sweating when I did that. Like, I was like, this is a big move. That's a speaker guy, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but I think that's what this movement was for too. Like, especially in this group, like, you know, Travis Voss, you're on stage all the time. Jonathan, you're on stage all the time. I'm on stage all the time, but ultimately those are personas that we're using to help push the message out. Cause there's lots of people outside this dork space that need to hear it and need to understand what it is that we're trying to do. But ultimately like we are dork. I am dork. And I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys. Every single solitary bit of information I have on construction comes from other people. Even when I worked at Gallegos, because I'm your IT dork, right? It's my job to learn what it is you're trying to do and then help you. And so that vulnerability, we have it on this side. And I guarantee you, if you're listening, you can ask that question. But... I have one more question for both Travis and Doug, and this comes from Sal D'Ambrosia, who's not on with us today, but he listens in. And we had a conversation yesterday, and, and, and Sal and I were talking. He was really passionate about the struggles that he has with detailing and with BIM engineers who don't understand constructability and how, you know, he did 25 years in the field and then came in, and that's, you know, he... 
at first was looking over somebody's shoulder and trying to help them and finally kicked him out of the seat and said, you tell me what keys to hit and I'll tell you how the hell this thing gets built, what the pitch is, that it needs this, that it needs that, that it needs a coupling here, that it needs that there. And um, so uh, I want this in two parts. Like, how do you convince those folks that are A, aging out, right? Like, because this is hard work in the field, but there's a long pasture behind them to where they can be sitting in the chair and designing and it's not as hard. So how do you maybe convince them to do that? And then how Travis Althaus, somebody of your, you know, coming in early that has the skills in the tech, learn how to make it constructible. Like how do we bridge that gap? And so Doug, I want to start with you because I think that my biggest fear, as long as I've been here now for 10 years in the industry is that people like you, at least you're passing out your information, you know, you, you're, you're open with that. But, but a lot of our foremen who are, and field workers who, who never have sat in front of the computer are going to take what it takes to build buildings with them. How yeah. do we convince them that the pasture is green and that they can do it? Well, we, we always bring the older gentlemen in here before they retire. I mean, they, they do get aged out there. They get, they get broken down a little bit. This trades hard on you. So when they get older, we bring them in the office as a company and we let them QC documents and we let them prepare documents. They'll go through and they'll match up the specs to the sheets and they'll write notes for the designers and kind of prepare things for those guys. And it, it brings their knowledge because they'll, they'll say in this, in this steam boiler hookup, you need to make sure you have a low point here and a drain here and a trap. And it'll teach those young guys how to design that stuff. And the next time they'll know on their own. Uh, they'll all go, they'll go back in QC and sit down with the designers and tell them where they messed up and what they should do to make it right. We typically bring our detailers in from the field. We, we have an apprenticeship program, so we'll go out there and we'll talk to our superintendents. Which one of these guys are showing promise? Which one's got, got that snap? They can see in 3D, they're, they're figuring out problems. Let me have that guy. We bring him into the detailing office and we train him up. And we may use him for five years and he may decide he wants to be a superintendent. We send him back to the field, but we got five years of training out of him. And when he goes back to the field, he understands what our needs are and what our design does for him. So he's, he's an, basically our arm in the field now. So he, he carries our needs out there. He, he carries our water too. He goes out there and he says, don't talk bad about those guys. They're doing their best with the information they got. So it's kind of covering both ends and it, it protects ourselves completely soup to nuts. Yeah, that's, that's crucial. That's because the big thing for somebody like me is I didn't know the questions to ask. I was terrified of the people who I wanted to ask. I've had a hammer. I worked in the field. I got the wrong hammer once and the guy threw the hammer at me. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to talk to that guy and ask him how he's going to like nail that thing up. He already threw a hammer at me, you know? <laughs> so from the, from like my perspective, like I challenge those guys that are in those shoes. Like if you get annoyed by a, a younger person or somebody asking you questions, embrace it. Those are the best. Those are the best people. They care about what they do. They want to be better at what they do. You know, they're not just clocking in. Um, and as far as from my perspective, what I learned, um, cause design, you kind of have a lot of power. You wield a lot of power when you design everything for a company. The big thing is be humble understand that you probably know like 10% of stuff. Like even if you've been doing it for 10, 15 years, you're probably still like, especially if you haven't been in the field that long, 
you're lacking, you know? So lean on those guys, try to pull that knowledge out, scrape and claw, annoy them as much as possible, and then just buy beers and apologize later. There you go. <laughs> it's amazing what a $15 beer and a burger can really take care of when it comes to that. They might not throw that, that uh, hammer the next time, yeah. Travis. Well yeah. said, Travis. Very uh, awesome. That's a great thought and, uh, and kind of the the theme that's been throughout the whole thing dj's brought up several times he's he's worked with doug before so he's he's said tons of great things about about the process and in, in the chat but field first right i mean I, I think that i think that from for most of us for for almost all of us that in that you know the 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 dozens of listeners or whatever we have yeah. that, that are now like i mean the the metal meets the road in the field so we yeah. really kind of have that that mindset that field first foreman first like every every whatever yard of asphalt every hanger yep. there, every square right. foot of duct i mean that that's where that's where we make our biggest impacts we really need to focus on that first yeah and we i think doug would agree with me i yeah we get people bogged down and worried about making pretty drawings. And we're not making pretty drawings. I tell my guys all the time, I don't care if you spell the word wrong. Right. Does it fit? If yeah. it fits, that's what I want. Mm. Yeah. I've I've spent quite a few all-nighters making sure that 40 guys don't work three hours over. You know, I mean, there's that mm -hmm. and, and that's what makes money in what we do. Yes. Change that to eighteen hundred and see how you sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we are coming up on that time and I did kind of want to wrap it up on that. And, and I was actually having a really interesting conversation because this is what I'm hearing out of everybody here with uh, Alex Belkafor from uh, McCarthy. It's like, there's so many things that all of us are doing up front in technology, right? We're trying to sharpen the tool, make it all better, but it doesn't matter if you're in pre-construction, if you're in VDC and BIM, if operations isn't getting safer, more effective, and we're sending people home better every day and preparing these job sites for safety and for productivity, then we shouldn't be doing it. And we shouldn't be doing this on the front. And we really need to always consider that because yeah, profitability, like Doug said earlier, the, you know, the profit is made in the field, but we set the safety up. We set the future up by doing it right from the front. And that's how we can really change this entire industry. And I thought, you know, to wrap up everything here is this group is the dorks. Doug Smith is a dork. I, you know, I almost want to make you all go around and say, I am dork because I, I wear that badge. I have, I have to feel that that's got to be painful for Doug. I, I yeah, think I won't that... make him do it. I, I, I won't make show you something funny before we get off. Go ahead. Okay. So that, let me get up in front of the Okay, but before he shows this, yeah. I just want you to know that he went into a filing cabinet. If y'all didn't see <laughs> that, you got to get the video and look, because I know there's a half of y'all who don't even know. No, I saw it. I this saw part it. does still exist. So, so this yeah. is something, I guess I am a dork. So see what this is? Continuous improvement. See the 3D mode, the design there? Yeah. Look at the date on the bottom. Can you read it? Is that 83? 93. 93. 93. Wow. Yeah. Was that the American Revolution? <laughs> yes. yes. That was a 3D hookup in a semiconductor plant that I drew in 1993. 
Very nice. He's 3D, nice. 100% 3D, spools to the field. So I, I guess I am a dork. The guy knows what he's doing. Yes. Like, no doubt. <laughs> Hold yes. Up. He said it. I am a dork. I said it. I said it. Yeah. Well, and we appreciate it. Doug, you really are helping. I, I can't tell how, tell you how many people reached out when we said we were having you on that said, wow, he's the OG. That's going to be awesome. I'm so <laughs> yeah. glad you have him on. And, you know, to OT, um, when we let people know we were bringing you on, man, you are making waves and doing great things in the industry. And we appreciate both of you guys for joining us today. It's our pleasure to have you on here and, and call you a part of this movement. So thank you both well, for joining excellent. us. I'll piggyback off Jeff too. Like I mean, that was the whole point of the post was to find out those who are making waves, making, uh, you know, driving change in the industry is, is let's, let's all unite, right? Let's, let's figure out what yeah. the, we all have the same goal, right? I mean, I, I, we've talked a lot of over the episodes about the size of the pie and construction and, and, and everything like, like, we, we are all fighting the same fight. Like there has to be a way for all us all to get better, to make our piece of the pie a little safer, a little more profitable and to send everybody home a little bit better than they were. Yeah. Right. right. Well said. And well said, Travis. And with that, what we'll ask you here from the dorks as we sign out is the only way we get bigger is if you share this with your friends, like us on your favorite platforms and download and listen to the episodes because this is our movement together and we want it to grow with that we thank you guys for joining us for another fantastic week of the construction dorks for i am dork and we are out awesome thanks everybody this uh well all of you can see but uh -oh. which one did you sign up for is there different ones yeah, I think that if you go through your little questionnaire, they give you like, and then they give you a box. I, I picked the exceptional, which was all the whiskeys, but I think you can get a, I think they have a rum, they have a yeah. tequila. I did it's, the exceptional, uh, all the whiskeys. Wait, like send them monthly, is that right? Yeah. Every quarter. We, we can't quarter. do it. I, I thought maybe Travis sent yeah. that to you. Oh, no, no, he just, remember. Because he, he was like, like, Travis is my new favorite. And I was like, oh. Actually, actually, Jeff is my favorite because he signed up under my invite. I got a bottle of whiskey. Ooh, Ooh that's nice. Yeah. That yeah. works. And it get me an extra bottle. So I ended up with two bottles of whiskey. Oh, and so then have you seen this? Yeah. So Kevin, Kevin Suhu, it's it. He was the poor man's version because you open it. Ooh. Oh, and it has a taster Ooh. set with three different ones. And the top is a coaster, but each and then has little coasters in it that describes <laughs> A, B, and C. So you're supposed to taste. No, the them funny part is I'm looking at it right now, and it says B A C for blood alcohol. Give <laughs> <Exactly>. me <laughs> one second, I'll be right back. You got oh, it. Father sweet. of the Year Award. I had my kids blind pick what I wanted last night and taste test me on it. Nice. Huh. All right. Well, tell me if it acts up again. I'll click some more buttons. Cool. Yeah, like uh, North gave me a surface one time because it's what the PMs use. And yeah, I just ended up giving it to a new PM. I I hated that thing. I don't know. For what I do, I, I actually really like it. Um, our guys, our IT guys don't like it because the you can't take the hard drive out. So if it takes a shit, you, all your data is done. But. Yeah, I guess for me, it was like, 
it didn't function as a viable tablet and it also didn't function as a viable computer. It was like, <laughs> it was like the worst of like, you either want a tablet or a computer, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not my favorite, but you know, it's. I love the form factor. Yeah. <laughs> they're small. Yeah. yeah. But you're not bimming on it. No, you ain't bimming. Bimming ain't easy on that bad boy. Uh, I'd rather go oversized phone myself. I think at that point, unless I'm bimming on it, I think oh I'd rather God. have an oversized phone. So right. Sad. Yep. But if you need a computer, then iPad sucks as well. So. Yeah, iPad's always been crucial for me. What? What is that? Is that a green screen? I take it. Oh, he's got a green screen for sure. That's cool. <laughs> I need so to do that. Always now. drink before you <laughs> like that. There. <laughs> that's been my day right that that's my whole day it's been this that is, bullshit this is my nightmare <laughs> oh my gosh i had like somebody in the middle of like uh we're doing this giant job there is literally thousands of spools and they're like hey did you know your labels are wrong and i'm like as the pm before i did thousands of spools you should have told me my labels are fucking wrong. <laughs> oh my God. That's my favorite, man, is when my my favorites, when the thing's on site, in the air, in the hangars, and they send me pictures like, hey, this isn't right. And I'm like, no, it's not. And they're like, well, what'd you do that for? And I'm like, it made it through 13 other people before. Like, I am not the only one you can blame here, my friend. Like, <laughs> And you all got drinks and I'm still at work. What the heck? I know. Well, You're hey, Texas. man, everything's better in Texas color? except for the time zone. I thought in Texas you guys drank at work. I didn't understand what I mean. There's my. Where are you at, Texas? Oh. Nice. That's at Austin. Nice. Austin? Yeah. I'll be in San Antonio next week. Oh, the weather's going to be perfect. I know. Yeah. I'm pumped. Yeah, they were supposed to have like, they like put a bunch of fake dead bodies in the river. For like Halloween, <laughs> I don't think they're doing that now. But that's originally why we got the tickets. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they like color it red and put fake dead bodies in there. That's awesome. come out from the real ones. That's the, that's the game. Right. If you ever right. wanted to get away with murder, that's about the. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Just nudge someone in. Boop. Feel <laughs> sorry for that cleanup. Talking crew. about all the things right. that got passed different gates right somebody somebody <laughs> thought that was a good idea and it kept getting promoted until all of a sudden right. everybody's in the river yeah yeah right. now it's a big thing everybody goes to the alamo to see a river of like fake dead bodies 